Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Guess what we're going to do Monday? What? We are going to see Donald Trump in person in New Hampshire. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my word! Are you excited? Yes! You get to go see him in person. Oh, not just on TV. Thank you, Mom! Oh! <laughs> are you excited? Yes! Do you want to meet him? Tell Mr. Trump you want to meet him. I love you, Trump! <laughs> When I was two years old, when I was dedicated to the cause of Lucifer, I was at that point a seventh generation witch. I was laying there, practically eating, and I had her hold me as if I was me. I couldn't talk, I couldn't open my eyes, I, I believe my eyes were going back in my head. There was evidence of human sacrifice on this fight. One of my first questions I asked to die. Spirit normally ends. You guys all freaking out. I mean, everyone's freaking out in here because our country's going to the wayside. <laughs> Pretty soon we're going to all turn into doomsday preppers and have to buy shelters and lots of guns and ammunition and protect ourselves and find caves to live in and stuff like that because uh, stuff's getting serious. Yeah, you actually were trying to find a cave to live in for a little, for a little while. There. I, I, I was. I was. I was really legit going to live in a cave. 
What was the what was the holdup? Why didn't you like live in the cave? Because I didn't have anywhere to park my car because my car was illegal. <laughs> and if it was parked on the road all the time, then a cop was gonna pull up behind it, you know, be suspicious. What's this guy doing? And he's gonna run my tags and everything else, find out that it's illegal, and then I'm gonna get trouble. Maybe you just need a cave <laughs> that's a little further away from the road. Well, that would involve me leaving this part of town, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of far from the road, right? Wasn't it? Or was that was or was that kind of the issue? That was the issue. Like, okay. I have nowhere to park my car. I can't exactly park it in the woods you leading need a up to with the cave. Driveway. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why would you need a car though, man? If you could live like Paleolithic man and because just like, I ain't trying, you could, I wasn't you trying could to hunt deer and just like eat them and <laughs> I live out in a, live out in your cave. I wasn't trying to go to go that friggin neanderthal about it like i i just wanted to sleep in my car still and then sometimes in the cave too you know <laughs> this is luke's life <laughs> we have a special guest in the studio with us tonight that is uh former guest on the show that is luke's brother travis hello hello welcome we, we're trying to figure out what show uh, we had travis on full-time that was like episode six i think it then was I, then i had you had you on uh the thad mccracken show i must say that was like 67 or something like that maybe I'm, maybe i might be wrong there 66. for the for the ufo side yeah for the ufo oh, side yeah we that's right about yes that. you guys yeah had, uh, y'all we, cold called me and i was in the bathroom <laughs> he, he was on, he was taking a dump <laughs> taking care of business <laughs> well it's good to have you man good to have you Great here to be here thank you uh guys tonight our guest is uh rocky stucci uh who now has his own show well he had his own show before called evian talk radio everything but normal but now he has a show on talk network called the Rocky Stucci show. And we're going to talk to him tonight about that and about among other things, but a uh, real kind of brief in the intro. I wanted to talk about what happened in Oregon this, this last week. Um, apparently this Oregon standoff is all but over now. And there's only four people left there on the, on the side of the Moliere wildlife reserve or national wildlife reserve. And that is because the five of the ringleaders of this group were arrested by the FBI and the Burns, uh, well, I, I think it's like whatever county that is in Oregon, their, their police department, uh, sheriff's department, they were, they were arrested. And one of the guys actually was killed uh, during the arrest. Uh, the guy's name was Lavoy Finnicum. And he was... That's the guy we see on the video. Um, yeah, it's the guy you see on the video. He was actually uh, like kind of like a spokesman for the group. You had this Ammon Bundon guy, this son of Clive Clive and Bundy, and then you had this Lavoy Finnegan. Apparently, had to talk a lot to the to the press as well. Uh, also, somebody that was uh, arrested was I think his name was like Peter Santilli. He's like a talk show host, and he was there on site, and he was arrested. This is what I kind of understand of what happened. Apparently, they were going, Ammon Bundy, his brother, the Savoy Finnegan guy, the Santilli guy, and a couple other people were going to a meeting to talk about, to talk to someone or some group about what was going on and to try to get more organization and possibly more people to come to the site. Uh, they were stopped by the sheriff's department 
for some I don't, they don't even say what the reason they were stopped by. I'm sure that there was there there was a reason given, but wh- whatever it is, it's probably all BS. And the FBI was also with them. Uh, apparently, as they were doing the arresting, uh, trying to arrest these guys, they had all the other guys down on the ground, I think. This Lavoy Finnegan guy was in the snow, and he was yelling something at them like, you know, go ahead, shoot me, shoot me, I don't care. And apparently what they're saying is, is that he pulled something out of his jacket or went for something inside his jacket and the FBI guy, the, the rifle guy just took him down. Uh, now I've watched the video and it, and it does look like he has been, he does try to pull something out of his jacket. It looks very, it almost looks very clear from like, can, cause you see this video and they do like several def- zoom ins and enhancements. You he, watched it, Rob. So he what, definitely what do doesn't think? look like he's complying. Like, I mean, he's, sure. he walks out with his hands up, but then he starts to turn around and he gets agitated and he, you know, his arms are not up in the air. Yeah. And you know, I, we were talking about it before the show and I, I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of right to assembly. I'm a big supporter of right to bear arms. I'm a big supporter of right to freedom of speech and a lot of things that they, you know, they claim to be uh, standing up for as well, but they, he he was not, he did not handle that situation properly, and they had every right to do what they had to do. Well, I mean, after you, you watch it, what do you think? Put yourself in his shoes, and after everything you care about has been collapsed and taken away from you, and you are uh, been cornered, quartered and cornered, you might as well just give in. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't – I mean, we're not talking about the Hammonds here who were the people that owned the property oh. or were the ones that <laughs> transgressed by doing this burning on the land and then got arrested and then sent back to jail, which is just – We're just talking about like some random supporter that – This like, is one up. of the guys that was occupying. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But you, well, you watched it. You you, you Did you see it when, we, when Rob was playing it right before the show? Yeah, yeah. What did you think? You think he pulled a gun out? Um, I, I think he, gun. I think he reached for something so that they would shoot him. It looked like, yeah, suicide by cop. Yeah, that's that's what uh, several people that I saw on like the YouTube videos were saying that they thought the comments that they thought it was it was a suicide by cop. What do you think, Rob? Uh, that definitely is a possibility. I mean, there was no obviously there was no audio. You know, you're watching from a helicopter or whatever. But right, he he walks out calmly with his hands in the air and then he starts to turn around his arms disappear his back is to the guy that shot him i mean that guy had no idea what was about to go down and that's his job i mean he's trained to do what he just did now apparently there was a girl that was there i don't think she was arrested because she was talking to somebody on some uh alternative media radio show and she was she was saying that her story is, is that he came up with his hands up and that he had him up the entire time. And there was some exchange with the FBI guys and the parent, what they claim is that the FBI guys shot him in, in cold blood. Uh, but that's not what you see no. on that video. Uh, despite that, whether or not he committed suicide by cop, whether or not he pulled a gun out and was thinking he was going to go out in a blaze of glory, they still tracked these people, uh, the FBI and that sheriff's department. They still track them. 
and they still did this on purpose. Once they, they, they had to have somebody, somebody, somehow they knew that they were going to be leaving the site of this wildlife reserve, this building that they were occupying. Somehow they knew and probably trailed them, found some, like I said, BS excuse to pull them over, which police often do. Let's face that. (laughs) I've been pulled over because my license plate isn't lit up and they let me go. They don't give me a ticket possibly because it's not illegal. Well, possibly because I'm coming out of a neighborhood making a delivery, not the kind of delivery that they're thinking I'm making. And it is a known drug uh, selling neighborhood. Well, and probable cause is a pretty loose gray sort of area yeah. that right. lets them get away with a lot of that. Yeah, so no they, they found some way or some to pull these guys over. Uh, and pretty much what they did was they took, they kind of cut the head off the organization. Ammon Bundy, Rick, his brother, Richard, you know, the, the boy Finnegan guys, this guy, they, they cut the head off and then Ammon Bundy, I think the next day said, don't do anything else. You know, it's over. Get out of there. We're going to fight this in the courts. And apparently now there's only four people left there. Uh, what I kind of like to get you guys thoughts on is, was, is there an attitude you think that was this inevitable? Did this guy have to die? Was something like this going to happen? Because to me, I really felt like somebody's going to get killed. Somebody's going to die. From the beginning, for sure. And I, my biggest fear was that it was going to turn into some sort of something would agitate the situation, I think, purposefully to turn it into a, you know, another anti-gun, pro-extreme left-wing type of a thing. Because they were just the perfect setup to yeah. turn that into. And I, it doesn't look like it has, and that I'm grateful for that at least. So you, so you mean like the left wing would use this against? Well, just them? as just as one more thing, like oh, we need to control guns, we need to do this, we need to do yeah. that. You know, yeah. I was, a, you, I, you I was afraid that the buttons were going to be pushed to to make it a worse situation than it already was for yeah. that purpose. You had that early on because you had uh, right when it started, January second, and we talked about it. You know, and just how it was kind of, it was really seemed to be kind of a joke. Really, it was a joke until Wednesday when that happened and he goes, the guy was killed. Uh, Until somebody dies, (laughs) when somebody dies, it's getting serious. And it, it, it just, the whole gun control thing did come into it because they were talking about how, why aren't the police doing anything? You know, these guys, these crazed lunatics with guns come in and, ra- and raid this place. And, you know, I heard somebody talking about it and they were talking about how, like, you know, people have guns there. It's the West. I mean, you know, you got hunters, you got people coming from all over and they're going to bring their guns with them. And it wasn't exactly like it was. It wasn't exactly like they were holding hostages or anything. I mean, it was just a damn empty building. Right. <laughs> Did they take the birds hostages? You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody was there. 
Especially since it's in the middle of the damn winter. What's your thoughts on it, Luke? It, it's just sad. It's sad to me. And and Trav has a good point about uh, the government trying to acquire land um, for their own future, maybe future projects, like putting in pipelines, you know, for example. And uh, yeah. they'll, they'll take any means necessary to acquire the property that they need to, to fulfill that. They'll also devalue the property and force people to sell at a, at a lower rate. Yeah. You know. That's that's one of the things like the government has to actually buy land from you. They by the constitutionally, that's the way it is. They just can't take your land. Right. And, and even if they do, but they can find well, different can, ways to devalue it and make it. And then, yeah, and just, take it. just like they did, just like they land. actually did. That's what happened in the first place. Yeah. They, they did steal their land from them. Right. That's why they're so pissed off about it. I've seen it happen. Many cases of eminent domain. Yeah. Where um, a landowner fought the government. To Are you keep, talking about here in Tennessee? Here in Tennessee, locally, yes. Tell us about something that would have happened here. Uh, well, then in Franklin, uh, uh, right off the top of the, my head, um, a beautiful farm, um, an old farmhouse there. The landowner refused to cooperate with the um, the government there in Franklin that wanted to run a. Um, a road through that area, right through the middle of his farm, and but we're not talking federal government; we're talking state or local, local. or like I mean, the I, city I of Franklin. I assume it's local, but who okay. knows? Um, and um, yeah, they pulled him in at domain. He fought it. He lost, lost everything, lost yeah. his land, and yeah, I mean, so it's how do you fight the the government and the uh, the progress? That's what I hear from people. What do you do? You know, yeah. progress is progress. That's you, the quote unquote. You either, you either legal give way in or you it. move away. You take their deal or you and leave, yeah. or you fight it and you lose. And they they often give like half of what the property value actually is. No, to they you. they give them a fair shake. In oh, most really? cases, they give them at least what it's worth, or maybe a little more. But in, in a lot of times, Still, you, that's your home and your you, livelihood. That's it. And a lot of times, you see people they don't want to leave. So you know, and they fight it, and that's it, it's unfortunate. It really is. And it makes you second guess the freedoms of this country. It really does. Yeah. That's why I sympathize with the Oregon guys so much. Right. Yeah, I sympathize with them too. There's a lot of different. There's a lot of different uh, aspects to this, though. Too. I mean, like the the people in the Burns. That's the town. That's the major town that's closest to this wildlife reserve. They they really didn't want those people there they were really a lot of them were really upset about the the protesters and they felt like it was a lot of outside influences uh and you know Ammon bundy you know the bundys are not from oregon they're from uh, utah i believe so they came you know what is like a real long way to get there and plus two you know this family the hammonds as we said before they even told them don't come don't do this you know Thank you for fighting for us, but we don't want this to happen. And I and and some of that could have been just the the perception that if a bunch of guys are going to go in with guns and the and there's going to be the standoff that it could get ugly and it could get ugly real quick. And I it got ugly, and even with four people there that now believe that they're going to stand firm, who knows what could happen. Next. Yeah. I mean, it could be like, you guys ever hear of Ruby Ridge? I know. Yeah, but I can't remember what it is. Um, 
Well, Waco, it was like actually a year before Waco. And that would be like the one thing I would compare this to. You know, like you don't want to have like another Waco where people just get massacred. Um, but Ruby Ridge was this guy. The name escapes me right now. But he was apparently selling. He was apparently selling guns. And he had been entrapped somehow by an FBI agent. Uh, I want to say this was in Idaho, I think. And he just lived out in the woods, man. I mean, just like not bothering anybody, you know, with his family. And they they had this very kind of survivalist mentality. And they had a very doomsday uh, religious viewpoint, apocalyptic. You know, the government was out to get him. So they had this out. They had this viewpoint already. And he he sold these guns to some some informant. And the FBI sent out and the ATF went out there and basically besieged his compound to try to to, to try to arrest this guy. And one of the, and this this was in cold blood. I mean, this has been proven without a doubt, like there was a FBI sniper that was out in the woods and the pregnant mother went outside and was doing something. And he just shot her in the head, killed her. And I think they took out a couple more members of the family before this whole thing was all over. This is like 1992. Well, did did anyone actually like get to drink the cyanide Kool-Aid? I wouldn't I mean like I was like a little bitty boy, so I don't remember anything about all that. No, the no, I mean the guy that uh Randy Weaver, that's his name. He he's still alive, as far as I know. And uh like his daughter and his couple and his sons are still alive, but I think he lo- he lost his wife, he lost, you know, he lost his uh um he lost, I think, a couple of his boys that were killed, like at least three people. And but no, I mean, they eventually got in there. He he, they negotiated. Uh, someone came in and negotiated for them and got them out. And Ruby Ridge was like a big thing among like kind of like the militia movement because it kind of showed. I think it, that's it kind the only of bolstered time. that belief that the government is coming for you. I think that's all I've really ever heard of it is used yeah. as an example of you know, extreme oppression or right. aggressive force. So you, so you've got on the one hand, you've got this, you got the government that's going to go in. Are there, are there goons, the FBI, whatever that are going to go in and they're going to maybe take on these four people. And maybe then you got these four people that they're, that believe on this Oregon wildlife reserve that they're going to, that they're fighting this government that's something that could get real ugly real quick. And I hope nothing happens. I hope there's not anything like a Ruby Ridge. Uh, one other aspect of this too is uh, that I discovered is the possibility of FBI informants that were there with among the occupiers. Really? And that's how the possibility that the FBI knew where Ammon Bundy was going to be. Well, yeah, well, the well, the standard is putting in wiretaps, and that's most likely, like, you're you're right. Or I mean, you have, the, a, you have an agent provocateur on the ground, yeah. somebody that, like, that is an informant, and they let them know. 
And there's been some suspicion, and I won't qualify this, it's just suspicion, that this Pete Santilli guy was the guy that did it. I've heard some of this online. And uh, this, uh, this, if that's true, I mean, that's just, if you got people that are in this quote-unquote patriot movement and they're actually part of the FBI, that doesn't surprise me, though, in the in one bit. One bit that they would be doing that kind of stuff. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I mean, there's a good movie on Netflix <laughs> called The Informant, uh, where about this guy that was in like the anarchist movement, and the FBI got to him somehow, and he actually set up these kids by showing them how to make Molotov cocktails, set them up, showed them how to do it came up with this plan to like throw Molotov cocktails at the St. Paul uh, Democratic, it was it? Yeah. The Republican convention in 2008. And then the FBI swept in and arrested them. And the FBI does that again and again and again. They just set people up. There's again another movie and again like and that again. Uh, Arlington road. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I've not seen that movie. That, that movie is uh, very interesting. Well, I think the Boston bombing, I think that there was a lot of that there, too. I think they were going to set – well, I've talked about this earlier on the show. When it happened, I think they were going to set those guys up, and one of them got wise to it and replaced the fake bomb that they were given with a real bomb. I think that's what happened. And so just see what you know, see what comes out in the news. Or, and I, I another <laughs> thing, too. I really think it's probably going to be forgotten about because it's January. By June, July, nobody's going to remember the work and stuff anymore. Yeah. So. Well, there'll be a whole new set of stuff the news will be focused on by then. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And in the beginning mm-hmm. there, you guys, what you heard was this little girl crying because she was going to get to meet Donald Trump at last. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're, excited. they're opening up with the caucuses in Iowa. It's yep. That's the, the, the front story. That's going to happen. Uh, well, as we're recording this on January 31st, so that's going to happen tomorrow. So we'll see. All right. There's nothing else to add. I think we'll take a break here for us while Luke uh, busily types on his phone. <laughs> I've got more important issues to deal with. You got to right? hit up some hoes, right, Luke? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Kira, don't listen to this. Don't get me in trouble. There, there's a possibility she'll listen to this episode, and I don't, I don't do that, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. We'll be, well, we'll be right back with Rocky Stucci. All right, guys. Back on Conspiranormal. And we're just going to get right into it. We have a very special guest and a very good friend of the show, Mr. Rocky Stucci. Uh, we were back on his show, uh, EBN, back uh, a couple times last year. One time was me and Rob, and the other time was uh, me and Luke. And uh, But now Rocky has a new show uh, called The Rocky Stucci Show. And Rocky, uh, happy to have you back on Conspiracy Normal, man. It's always a blast. Thanks, brother. And I thought I thought the Rocky Stucci show was creative. It took me a few days to come up with that name, but uh, yeah, I figured yeah. I'll go over the board and just say, "What the hell, the Rocky Stucci freaking show?" Forget about it. So, uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about the show, and also, I mean, is are are you still going to do EBN, or is it is it just going to be just that show now? You know, I did do 
so th- we just finished our second week uh, broadcasting for five days a week, two two hours a day. That's a lot, guys. Um, Absolutely. Last Sunday, I did do an EBN episode. I was just down in my studio, and something really got me upset, so I wanted to talk about some things. So I just turned the mic on and recorded it. Said this was a show, but um, you know, I don't know yet. It's it's difficult, and with doing the two hour plus my full time job, I work forty to sixty hours a week, and wow. uh, I do speaking locally here, and and I kind of make sure that I keep the balance and and make sure that. I'm not neglecting the family at the same time and and uh, making sure I keep the waters calm because I'll tell you something, if my wife is upset, my world is destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It, it, I mean, you also got to take care of all those birds too, right? So. I don't touch a damn bird. I, you know, that's her thing. I, they drive, I'll tell you something, I did a show two weeks ago. It was a pre-record I did down in my, my studio here. The birds are upstairs and we're in the same freaking place. How does that make sense where you got a studio and uh, 120-some parrots in the same building? <laughs> And I'm listening back to my recording, and I, lo and behold, I could hear freaking birds in the background. Um, no, that's her thing. She rescues birds, and she loves birds, and she has this, she has this ability, uh, you know, with these birds. Some of these birds that she rescues have been in cages for ten years and neglected. And when the people go to give my wife the bird to put it in a cage, they have these big welding gloves on because these birds will bite. And and that same day, my wife will come downstairs, and the bird will be on her shoulder. So she has this gift. And she loves doing what she does, and she supports it. Uh, I support it. I mean, and here's the thing is that I've been doing radio for a little over two years. She has never once listened to one episode. <laughs> and but it, it proves Don't it. feel bad, Rocky. My wife's the same way. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of our women have actually listened to an episode. <laughs> nope. Oh, oh, see, now that's a bunch of crap. It's okay when it, I, I don't get listened to, but you know what? You go get your wife on the phone right now. I got a little talk with her. <laughs> No, but you know what? And you know what, guys? What you just said, too, it it does prove a powerful point because in life, when we want to do something, and I always say something, if you're standing alone, you're standing for something. And what we want to do sometimes isn't the interest of other people in our circle or our wives or our friends. And we got to make sure that we're not doing things to please other people because we do what we do here because we love doing it. We enjoy doing it. And if the wives don't want to listen to it, then they're missing out. You know, and that's how I look at it. But um, it's a powerful statement that you can still do what you do and still get the support of doing what you do without having to constantly have somebody there listening. Yeah, yeah I hear you. So anyways, this is kind of boring. Let's talk about something juicy. <laughs> uh, just so as a side, she she breeds the birds too, right? Like, she breeds and rescues. Yep, she has, I think, seven awesome. different types of breeds of parrots, Indian ringnecks and uh, cockatiels and conyers and a whole bunch of I forget their names. I can't even remember the names of our two dogs, let alone yeah, man, yeah. birds. <laughs> so, but it is pretty cool. They're fun birds. They're just loud and inconvenient. Right. Just a lot of screeching coming from de- from upstairs. It's painful. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, we talked about in our intro section, we did about 20 minutes on this Oregon standoff thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, this is kind of like the most timely thing right now. Right. About what's going on. And, and I know that you have some connections in this world. Uh, what are you trying to say? <laughs> criminal or something? <laughs> well, like I know you know some of these guys carrying AR-15s. It's so, kind of a radical side of things. But you probably know my brother. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I just kind of want to get your take on it. You know, because uh, we we watched this uh, before we did the show tonight. We watched a little. I had uh, Luke and Rob watch the Lavoy Finicum, yep. the shooting and mm-hmm. what happened there. Right. And you know, to me, 
you know, you can kind of tell it looks like he does reach for a gun. No, he, you know, he doesn't reach for a gun because his gun is on the right side. What happened was, and, and this was confirmed by Intel. This wasn't confirmed by just people saying it. He, he holstered his gun on the right and he reached to his left because he took a bullet in the stomach. And that's what made him reach down to the left. He wasn't reaching for a gun. So he was shot two times. He was assassinated. He was shot three times. He was shot once once in the head and twice in the abdomen. Well, that changes things a little bit. Yeah, that's you see, but you know, your typical person like on Facebook, the ones who just want to start name calling people and start bringing up Black Lives Matter and all those riots, and they're not really studying into and observing what's really happening here. And you're right, you know, the whole timing of everything, it makes things extremely suspicious, especially when. Uh, Oh, I was just going to say a really bad word, especially when Obama is going after our Second Amendment when he wants to take all the guns off the streets. And it's it's just amazing, guys. And we talked about the social engineering and and uh, how things are perspiring here within our country that are at a very uncomfortable level. I, I found it when this whole thing started, I was uncomfortable with it because with some of the people that I know there, they are patriots, but they're also what I consider to be like Doc Holidays. Um, people that are just looking for a fight. And those are the people that made me nervous because it only takes a couple people to make a whole entire population look bad. Right, exactly. I mean, if yep. somebody gets hot-headed and they they shoot at a member of the government or something like that I, happens, uh, you, you know, it, it'll become a melee. It, it would be. And, and there's no doubt that uh, Obama wants martial law. There is no doubt that Obama and his administration and many others and many others, you know, liberals and anybody else, they want guns off the streets. And this was their perfect excuse. Um, it, it just bothers me that this is what our government has become. And, we, you know, there's always been suspicion within our political system and within our government for years. Um, but this this is nerve wracking. And it was nerve wracking because of everything else that's going on with immigration, with a possible world war, with things going on with Russia and China or stock market. And now you're talking about this this gentleman getting shot, assassinated. He, and, and I'm I'm not speaking from emotion. This these are true facts. He was assassinated. And I find it funny that they released this video so quickly on YouTube. Yeah. But yeah. where is the dash cams? Where are the body cams? Why was that guy in the woods in that spot? How did he know to go in the woods there? Because he came out of the woods. That was the guy who shot him in the head was the guy who came out of the woods. But why Lavoy Finnicum and not Ammon Bundy? Because Lavoy, he was the one that jumped out of the car. Now, the reason he jumped out of the car is because the first time they stopped, he, the vehicle got shot at. The first time they stopped. And that's why they sped off was because they were being shot at. Yeah, they thought they were all going to get assassinated. And so they went on that chase. It was about a seven-minute chase. And the reason Lavoie got out of the vehicle was because of the female in the truck. He was trying to divert the attention away from the vehicle to himself. So he actually probably saved other people, even though they still unleashed holy hell on the vehicle. Okay. Now, I can't speak for him, obviously. Right. I wasn't there, obviously. But... He was to me. He was diverting the attention away from the vehicle. Was he actually yelling, "Go ahead and shoot me"? I mean, I was can't he actually? That. I don't know for sure. Because yeah, uh, there know, was I, a girl that says that that's what he was yelling at the uh, FBI agent or whoever it was that actually yep. shot him. I listened to that that phone interview, and yeah. uh, right now she is the only information we have to go off when it comes to verbal information, right? Uh, because we we just I, I don't know why they're not releasing any other video because if they do, they probably 
that would probably alone start some kind of a revolution. Well, you, Rocky, let me ask you about Santilli mm-hmm. and his involvement with this. And, of course, a lot of this information I'm getting from the Internet. And, of course, you know, right, right. not all things on the Internet are reliable. Surprise, surprise. And there are some people speculating and there's some paper trail that goes back to 2013 that Santilli has some ties to be an informant to, to the FBI. I've heard that. And I've heard that from a reliable source. And to be honest with you, I did not look a lot into Santilli. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I seen some of his videos and I, I seen him doing the live streaming while he was there. And, and uh, you know, the first thing I thought of is, you know, he's just doing this for ratings and, and you know, he had the opportunity. So he did it. And and he was bringing people live feed. Uh, you know, here's the thing is, is that another problem that I have with this whole situation is that it was not organized. It was not even meant to happen. It, it was a sporadic thing. Yeah. It's where they went from one march from the government center and said, hey, let's go hold up this facility. It, it just happened that quick. And so there's no organization there. And I think that's one of the reasons they didn't get all the support that they should have gotten nationwide because how it all portrayed itself and how it all happened. And uh, there was a break of communication in the refuge. And here's the problem is that the paranoia kicked in. And now everybody's thinking everybody's a Fed. And you guys still see that to this day. You go on Facebook and somebody's blaming somebody for being a Fed. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's the breakdown exactly what, if there's the big eyes in the sky that are watching this, and if there's bigger hands at play on trying to manifest the situation, part of the Hegelian dialectic, um, there was already a solution to the problem before the problem even started. And... You know, they put a couple people in there that are either informants or they are officially uh, federal agents and they create this ruckus between one another. So now you have just divided the patriotic party within. So now instead of focusing on what the initial cause was, now they're fighting against one another, blaming each other for being a Fed. And they probably were hoping that one of them would shoot each other. Right. And, and you know that wouldn't, like I said before in the in the intro, which you, you didn't hear that part, but you know it wouldn't surprise me that there would be uh, federal agents or federal informants, agent provocateurs there on the yep. ground. Absolutely. I, I mean, how did they know that the Bundy, the the, the Bundy brothers, and the Sfinicum guy, and the rest of them were going to go from? the wildlife reserve to wherever they were going to meet with people. That was, that was a plan set up. That was actually uh, set up for them to go speak at uh, city hall. Okay. That was, that was planned. So they knew exactly where they were going, but that where was set up be. by the feds. That was a way to get them out of there. And you gotcha. know now let me speak from the other spectrum of things. That was one of the better, I said, better, not best, better case scenarios, because if they were to just, raided the refuge, there would have been gunfight and it would have been a lot more bloodier. Um, so were the consequences the way, do we want them to end the way they did? Absolutely not. We don't ever want loss of life, but it did. And it was unfortunate, but it could have been a lot worse. And we need to look at it from that end of things too. Um, there's this, you know, and this is why the fire chief, he, he, that's why he quit his fire chief because he knew that feds had people planted inside the patriotic organizations there. And he was uncomfortable with how things were being handled. And and it just turned into a yeah. big mess. And, and this is the problem that I have with all of those guys is it took away from the, the initial cause of what they were actually standing for. 
and is the theft of ranchers' land. And it continues to happen. It's happening right now in Texas. And the media has done so well to pull people's minds against what is really happening to what they want people to think is happening. But the Bureau of Land Management, they're crooks. And they're taking, they're taking as we speak, a bunch of ranchers' land in Texas. And Governor Abbott has sent three, three letters now to the BLM with no response. And he wants to know exactly why the BLM is going and confiscating people's land that has been in those families' families in their families for generations. And the BLM is not even contacting Governor Abbott back in response to their actions. So, you know, and this is, again, there's another, you know, spot where we can go is why do they want specific land in specific areas? Is it fossil fuels? Uh, is there something worth value? I also heard that was it Harry Reid. He owns property right next to the Hammonds. Ammons. And uh, so it makes you question a lot of things because we know that our political system is full of greed. They don't run and, and hold the jobs that they hold to ensure the American people have what is deserved to them. They don't know. They no longer represent the people. They represent their pockets. And it, it has gotten so out of control. It's gotten so out of control. Hillary Clinton is still running for president. That's how bad it is. <laughs> that just makes me want to puke. I swear to God, I, how this is possible. Uh, you know, and I say this guys, if you went and applied for a job, I don't care what the job was and you lied on that application. You are disqualified for employment. Yeah. But yet Hillary Clinton, and I'm just referring to the emails. I'm not even referring to any other her criminal activity and about her presidential libraries and all that wow, other crap she's doing. Plenty to I'm just talking to. about the emails. The emails that she sent was beyond top secret. They're called SAPs. And there's a small handful of people in the world that have access to this privileged information. And she did. And she used her private server to distribute these emails. That's a class A felony, gentlemen. How is she not charged? Why is she still running for president? Why is she still even in the public's eyes? She should be incarcerated for the rest of her life. Isn't the FBI looking into it right now? Not that it really matters, but. Well, they, they, the FBI came forward and they said that if they do not go public with the new batch of emails that can, that can prove that they were confidential information, top high grade, top secret information. They said that they will whistleblow. The FBI said they will whistleblow on Hillary Clinton because what they're saying now is that I think it's 22 emails that are so confidential that they cannot even release them. Yeah. But That's for some crazy. reason, for some reason, Obama and his administration and everybody else thinks that she's not going to get acquitted. And I and I think this is why Obama hasn't come forward and, and put his money on Hillary, because well, they're, honestly, they're I delaying. think Biden's going to come out and run for president. They're delaying because of the caucuses. What's that? They're Be a little closer to the mic. Yeah. Pull the mic up. They're Close delaying the mic. because of the caucuses. Exactly right. That's exactly right. It's a major political move. Um, they want Hillary to get through. And I believe if they can just get Hillary through the caucuses, and even if she does get released from the race or she does get charged with criminal with a crime, and then Biden steps in, he don't even need a campaign. He just needs to give a couple speeches. People are going to love him because Bernie Sanders is all this guy does is spit on his microphone. He's a big socialist. You know, he keeps, <laughs> he keeps promising the world everything for nothing. And if you tell yeah. people who have nothing, they may get something. They're going to vote for him. It's just a psychological game. And here's the thing, guys. And I don't mean to get all down the political road, but nothing is for free. 
So if you if you tell the population that we're going to give them something for free, it's not for free. We're still paying for it. It's just the ones we're giving it to aren't paying for it. But it's the middle class and the working citizen that's paying for it. And don't forget, since 2011, every refugee that came into this country, 91% are still on welfare. You know, Rocky, we were talking about this last night. Uh, Absolutely. We were at dinner, Luke and myself. And uh, hey, look, is Luke going to get up one of those hoverboards? Yeah, he might. <laughs> oh, are you talking about the douche glider? <laughs> I am. I am. It's called the douche glider. Douche, douche glider. I'm hip, man. I know what I'm talking about. I'm feeling pretty hip right now. The douche glider. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about this last night, man. Yep. We were talking about how, you know, is someone that uh, Luke is close to that wants yep. to vote for Bernie Sanders. And I'm just asking the question because I want to understand right. why people are attracted to him. What right. the attraction you, is. You can just go ahead and say it's and, my and, girlfriend. And one of the, <laughs> oh, no. one, no. one, one of the, one of the, one of the answers was, well, because he wants to give free tuition. Right. And there were a couple other answers as well, but I, my just, my retort to that was, how are we going to pay for this? Right, How are we going to pay for free tuition with the cost of oh my of college as it is, which oh, is wow. astronomical at this point? Right. right. How are we going to pay for this? We, it's it's we are going to well. It's, it's, that's a great question because I mean our our debt bubble is about ready to burst. Uh, you know, and and there it is. That that's a perfect example. Just what they yes, spend on health student. You want to try to get through college any way you can. So you can't really crucify people that want either a cheaper edu- uh, a cheaper um, cost of schooling or free. No, you uh, can uh, understand that. You can understand yes, that. Absolutely. And, you know, we got to look at that from that angle. But it's impossible, guys. It is absolutely impossible to do it. We, we, we have no money in this country. We have no money. We, we are broke. And if we start paying for everybody's tuition in college... You know what's going to happen? Our taxes, again, are going to go up and everything keeps going up except our wage. Our wage does not continue to grow except the cost of living does. And if you think about just one university and how many teachers need to be paid for in that university, how much is the cost to run that university, the lights, the electricity, the maintenance, the overhead? Uh, it's, It's incredible. What it costs to keep that place running. We're about to put that on the American, on the American taxpayer is is uh, political suicide is really what it is. We're trying to elect a Republican that's going to reverse billions of dollars worth of health care stuff. You know, well, the whole health care thing, too, that there is another scam because there's even a lot of things in that bill that aren't even related to health care. Uh, I really hope uh, that Obamacare goes away. The the fine now just went up this year to. Uh, $695 if you don't have health care. And, you know, actually, that's that's against the federal law. It's you can't a force a government program out of somebody. And if they can't afford the program, it is actually against the law to fine. Well, see, I guess yeah, they're not using the word fine them anymore. There's, they use a different terminology. Penalty. For it, penalty. penalty. Yeah. But, you know, Rocky, the thing is, is like, look, I, I went through and I thought, OK, maybe it's going to be cheaper. And I went through and I did the whole rigmarole with the Obamacare, the uh, healthcare.gov stuff. Yep. And, you know, man, it's like the the best plan for me and my wife was $400 with a $10,000 deductible. Mm. And I'm just like, no, 
You know, if $400 times 12, do the math, the penalty right. is still less for 2016. Right. And that's why only, I think, 3% of people are that actually have to sign up for it have signed up for it because they would rather pay the penalty. I mean, a $10,000 yeah. deductible? Are you kidding me? I, and that, that's ludicrous. I, it, I, it, it doesn't matter if you're paying 100000 or you're paying 10000 To me, that's going to break the bank anyway. Right. right. I, I pay 700 a month. Wow. But I, it's for family. It's for family with my three boys. Right. Uh, but, but it covers nothing. I, I went to go pick up the one prescription I have, and out of $80, it only covered $20 of it. Uh, and even my wife, she even questioned, why do we have it? And I say the same thing, but then I get nervous. It's like, okay, what if we cancel it and have no insurance? And then there's a catastrophic event. Yeah, the catastrophic uh, stuff. That's Yeah, what, that's where I get nervous. That's ner what I need. That's right. all I need. The end result of this is banks and insurance companies, they all win. And the in the end result is they win, we don't. Right. Yeah. That's what I see. No, as, I agree. As it, it is, it, our, it's a banking world, and they're constantly looking for new ways to come up with money, whether they're, it be through healthcare, killing me on interest, uh, whether it be they, through immigration, whether it be through the it's wars. They it's get twenty five percent of what I make. War. I mean, I, I lose in every direction. Yeah. And, and is that the cost of living in this country? Yeah. To be free. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's absurd. It is absurd. And, and you know, most people, and, and this is what bothers me, guys, is that, you know, we work every day. We do our jobs. You know, it, it's like our life revolves around a job and the stress from a job and everything's related to this. It's like, when do we actually live? When well, do we actually, do we got to wait for that one week a year so we can go on vacation and feel normal for a week? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And then come back to the madness and. And it, it's it's almost like an enslavement to society. And not only it that, is. but you have to work sixty hours a week to absolutely just to get just by. to be broke, just yeah. to be broke. Yeah, that's pretty sad, man. It's like what happened to the time period to say like the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties, right. where you could have like a one a one member of the family, usually the father, could work, right. and the mother could stay home, help and, and raise the kids. And you know now you have a situation where Everybody in the family basically has to work, even the kids. Well, think and, about it. <laughs> if, if yeah. you have one guy in the household that works, uh, you know, the the government, as Scotty says, the government makes it makes more money when you got two people working or three people working. So right. they, they created an inflation. They, they, they made things more difficult to survive off a single family mm -hmm. income. So that way the woman was forced to go to work because that way more taxes are going into their pocket well, and yeah. then more spending power they have. What about this? They're saying, okay, the gas prices are getting so low that now that's a problem. That yeah. should be something of concern, to tell you the truth. Uh, I mean, I would, if, how much if, of a concern know, everybody's celebrating is really, taking is little selfies with the gas prices and crap. But uh, the last time gas was this low, guess when that was? Uh, 2008. The recession. Roger that, brother. Yep. Right before the, uh, the recession in 2008. Uh, so I always tell people, don't don't celebrate too much because uh, before you know it, something, something more catastrophic is going to happen. And, and, uh, that's uh, kind of what uh, we're looking at here, gas isn't prices. Is is a uh, catastrophe? What's that, brother? That's kind of what we're looking at. What you said. Yep. Yeah, we've been watching the market. We actually, God, I think Adam, we've been talking about this for months too. Yeah. Uh, we've been watching the EU. We've been watching them closely, but we've been watching China more because China, they have a big uh, grip on the world economy. So they're selling if us. If China off. takes a full throttle head down, 
the entire world, not just the United States, is going to suffer. The entire world is going to suffer. But guys, think about it. Now, let me let me get a little deep in the hole here. Everything that I'm witnessing, whether it's from the immigration issue, whether it be the financial issue, whether it be the race issue, whether it be the martial law issue, whether it be a, a revolution issue, it seems like so much is heading towards the one world government, the one world police, because, you know, Obama wants to do that now. He wants to create yeah. the authority to give him full military power anywhere in the world at any time with no congressional approval, including the United it. States. With executive um, orders. Things, things are happening uh, that are much greater to our understanding right now. But when you talk about one world government and one world order, I could potentially see that happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see the the plays and the pieces that have built up to that over the past right. hundred years. I, I think they have all the pieces in place. Uh, if you want to refer to it as a chess game, and I think Trump is one of their pieces. You know, Trump makes me nervous, man. He makes me real nervous. I, I, I was don't wondering think what your rhino. what your stand was with Trump. You know, this is my stand with the whole presidential race. Is that I ask people, are we not embarrassed? Are, are we seriously not embarrassed on our presidential campaign and the whole presidential? Uh, it, it's like they don't even talk about real life issues. They're not even addressing the things that need to be addressed. They're fighting exactly. with one another. They're calling each other names. That is a very and good And here's point. the thing about Trump, and I don't dislike him, but I don't really like him either. I don't like anybody running for president, to be honest, for the record. Hmm. Um, but my problem is, is that the name calling. And, and I mean, he is a genius. When it comes to keeping the attention on him. But look at it like this. I used to coach youth football. And if I went to this football team and I acted like Donald Trump did in front of my in front of my players, I would have a dysfunctional football team yeah. because I'm not giving them the proper leadership that they need to be champions. I'm acting like a two-year-old child. And I look at that from a country's perspective. If you have a president who's name calling people and putting out memes on Facebook and Twitter and and uh, now he's getting in quarrels with the prince of Saudi Arabia and he's getting in quarrels with these other world leaders. Yeah. It's and this is what makes me nervous is that kind of behavior. I mean, it's if you're going to lead this country, God president. damn it, you need to step up and act like a leader is what you need to do. Rocky, do you know the only world leader that likes Trump? Do you know who it is? I'm going to say Putin. There you go. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing is that Putin, sign. the reason why so many people are against him is because he's not part of the game. He's not part of the greater agenda. He doesn't fall for the stuff. Well, he can appreciate um, his ego. We all know they both have it. that this whole Syrian conflict. I mean, here, don't you find it funny? There's no question we created ISIS. For whatever reasons people want to say, we created ISIS. It's not a hidden fact. It's, it's, not, it's the truth. And ISIS, even though there's many other terrorist groups, ISIS seems to be the focus. So all of a sudden, these, these terrorists, these cockroach scumbags go into Syria and, and turn the country so upside down that millions of people flee Syria in refugee status. And many of them, 80% male, most of them are radicals. And now they're worldwide. And now Obama wants to create a worldwide police to be able to combat ISIS at his disposal without approval anywhere in the world at any time. Don't you find all that to be kind of funny? Like, you don't think that's oh, a, a coincidence? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, and I say that to some people, they're like, oh, how could you even think? It's like, how do people 
drink so much of this Kool-Aid. I always tell people, stop watching mainstream media. Stop watching that crap. Uh, That's because, a very I mean, they're telling point. you what you're supposed to be fed. Right. And uh, it's it's disturbing that people don't see what's going on. I mean, you guys had what's-his-name on the show um, from Germany. Steven. Steven. Yeah. You know, when we talked with him last, and he was, we were talking about the rape epidemic, and to hear about Merkel and, and how they're, they're fudging – uh, crime reports to keep statistics low. And the same thing is happening in France. I mean, I mean, the country's people are under attack and the country that's supposed to protect them is doing nothing but promoting these people. They're, it's it's like, why are they protecting these people that are murderers, that are rapists, that believe in killing your wife if, if, if she looked at somebody wrong? It's like, these are the sickest son of a bitches I've ever seen in my life. Well, I think this goes into what something you were talking about on your show on EBN, and that was uh, social engineering. And it's, you, you yes. know, what, what's your definition of that? What do you? How do you think that that's being played out now? It's like a mind control programming, and it, it's not a conspiracy theory. I, I, I urge anybody. In fact, I think um, just go to YouTube. I know I got uh, videos up on my page. Just go to YouTube. And just put in social engineering. Just watch a couple of videos. There's some really good ones out there. And this started, like you guys were saying, this started years ago. Uh, when they actually learned the power of the media was right when the movie theaters came out. Was it like the 30s or the 20s? Right. Uh, when the, when the, um, they first started using sound. And what they wanted to do, they did this test. This was ran by the CIA. So what they did is they flashed pictures of popcorn and pop. So fast that the human eye couldn't even see it. Your conscience didn't even see it happening, but your subconscious picked it up. And just from that experiment, the popcorn and pop sales went up 60%. And that's when they learned the power of TV and movies and Hollywood. They learned the power on how they can lock into people's subconscious mind and control their belief systems. I, I mean, look at the lack of patriotism in this country. Look at the liberal side of this country. It is how these people think the way they think, and I'm not ripping on them. I have friends that are liberals that I love to death, but their way of thinking is is not what the American way is used to. Um, they, they're all for the things that they shouldn't be for on a lot of different issues, and they support the things that are the most dangerous to this country. Um, so, And I think a lot of this, honestly, Jets, I think a lot of this has to do with the social engineering the brainwashing of the masses and it's very real yeah you have guys like in the 1920s i think what you're kind of referring to there is uh edward bernays who was actually the nephew of sigmund freud so he understood a lot about uh psychology and right. that's the kind of things that they would do and it started out in uh you know the cigarette industry by right. promoting the idea that women should should smoke cigarettes mm -hmm. and that will make them more independent of men. And that's just one example. And he wrote a book, I believe, called Propaganda that was about that. And one of the people that actually followed that to a T and, and, and improved on it was Goebbels in the Third Reich, incidentally, as an aside. Right. And, it, you know, so this whole uh, public relations and how things are just spun in this country. Well, you know, you can you know, refer to Nazi Germany. I mean, they were the masters at it. They had their people so brainwashed. And only, what, what was it, 6% of Germany were actually Nazis? 
But yet they had people. I don't know if that it's six or seven. It's a low number. It's but they had the people so brainwashed that it was almost like Obama today. Where when people saw Hitler, they started crying that they looked at Hitler more than and worshipped Hitler more than their own, their own God. And that's what you guys you you heard the show I did on Obama versus Hitler. Um, we yeah. have our schools in this country that sing songs praising President Obama. And Stalin said it. Stalin said, give me one generation of children and I can change the world. And we're seeing that playing out right in front of us right now. Our, our youth and Internet and technology and the school system is just that just makes my face hurt talking about the school system. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. Man, it, it's no, pathetic. What, no, what, what bothers you the most? Well, um, the, the, the low expectations like it, it, they, they keep they just continuously just get lower and lower and lower with each generation that comes along. Right. Right. What do you guys think about now? You know, and, and more people are catching on to it now. And they're, they're, I think they're trying to put a stop to it. But about people teaching the five pillars of Islam in school and teaching how to yeah. convert into Islam. But you have somebody who brings a Bible to school. They get suspended. That's it. What are your guys thoughts on all that <clears throat> to be? To be perfectly honest about it, I don't think it's wrong to delve into any culture as long as you delve into all cultures and right. and treat it as it, a, a it, history lesson, yeah. and that's it. And you said it perfectly. As long as they study all cultures equally. Absolutely. And it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to it's be not. that you can't even be a football coach and pray at the end of the game without that's losing it. your damn job. That's exactly right. You can't mention anything about Christianity in school or you're going to be reprimanded. So, and, you know, when you think about all of this, guys, I mean, everything that we just talked about in the last half an hour, I, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for the future. I'm nervous of what's happening in our country. And I look at my kids and I get tears in my eyes. Yeah, that's the, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm right it's like, what kind of world are they going to have to live in? And what kind of world are they going to have to survive in? And, and, you know, when we talk about this and you guys are talking about this, at least we're talking about it and, and at least we're bringing it to surface and, and whether we're right or wrong on things, at least it's enough to be on our plate because there's some people that are so damn afraid to even talk about it that they'll just allow anything to happen. And whatever exactly the consequence right. is, is because they're afraid to react to it. So I think we up. are playing a part by just having these conversations and bringing this to the listeners and hopefully the listeners do some research and turn mainstream media off. And uh, once you start learning, the truth, it becomes very frightening. Very, very frightening. Well, I want to ask you, Rocky, about kind of like the role that, because I've heard, I've heard your shows and you're talking about it on EBN and talk about kind of like, kind of like the role of religion and all this. And it, you seem to have like lost a lot of patience with, uh, with religion in many ways, like, and that there's kind of like a root cause of kind of like what's going on right now, especially, I guess, in, in more in the context of Islam. Well, you know what? It's been a while since I've had my frustrations with religion. And, and let me say for the record, I very much have a great relationship with my God. Sure. That's my God. And and you guys know that with my work in the paranormal field, it, it has proved to me time and time again that there are life forms beyond our understanding. So there is something out there. Um, and let me clarify, like the, the organization that's, that that's, is religion, you know, you know it, let's, let's put Islam aside for a second. Okay. I, I get so frustrated with people always trying to push their beliefs down my throat, telling me how I'm supposed to believe. And if I don't believe this very particular way, I'm outcasted. Or if you're, 
if you if you're a Mormon and you're not, and you're or you're a Catholic, then you know you guys are enemies, and because you guys believe slightly differently. I just get so sick and tired of people telling me how I need to believe. And it's these same people that are trying to drive religion down my throat are some of the most hateful people I know. Yeah. The yeah. judgmental people that yeah. I know. It's like, really, and that's what you're trying to sell me on? You're trying to sell me to become like you? Are you kidding me? Excuse me. Bleep that out. You know, and then uh, we, the bleep we, for Rob to put to insert. <laughs> Mark time, brother. Um, but, you know, then we bring in Islam. And Islam has a lot to hate because, you know what, Christianity is one thing. Uh, there are radical Christians, but not radicals compared to Islam. There, we don't blow up buildings. We don't blow up planes. We don't do car bombings all over the world. Uh, they want a destruction that mankind has never seen in its history. They want the world to their own. They want to enslave their people and in this fear that, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to go to this hell and you, you're not going to go to the paradise. Do you think all of them, though, Rocky, are just like radical groups like like ISIS? Because, I mean, what you just said, that really just describes ISIS to a T are well, you know, the, the radical the radical Muslims. I want to talk about the 53 percent of Muslims who believe in Sharia law. And that's about seven or eight hundred million of them. Um and, and just out of those 53%, just a couple quick numbers, guys, just out of those 53% of every Muslim in this world, 53%, that's a lot. Half of those believe in whippings and amputations, amputations for whatever it may be, you know, cutting your hand off if you picked up somebody else's purse. And, and then another 50% of those, of that number, of that 52%, if you guys are with my math here, they believe that it's okay and honorable to kill your wife if she was raped against her will. Because in their belief system, if their wife is raped and there's not two men that'll come forward and attest to say she was raped, she it wasn't consensual. If that woman cannot find two people, then that means that guy has every legal right to Sharia law standards to dehead his wife because they call it an honor killing. So when I look at my beefs or my problems with Christianity or, or local faiths that I'm familiar with, my comparisons to Islam is completely different because it's not a religion. It's an ideology, and people need to get that straight. The religion is a small part, but it's a governed society. It yeah. is a way of life. It is their law. You're, you're exactly They don't correct. have separate laws. They have Sharia the, law. The, and that's what the American public does not understand. They don't understand it. Political and, and correctness I don't does guys. not include Islam. Because it, 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 why I just, this is what's so heartbreaking is why is not your American really understanding the enemy that we're up against? And, and you're right, Adam. It, it's, we refer it's to there. ISIS all the time. Yeah. But there are so many more radical groups out there that are just as bad as ISIS that we never give focus to. The only other one, we'll, every once in a while, we'll hear about Al-Qaeda. Uh, but there's, there's 50, 60, 70, 80 different radical groups out in this world right now. Uh, but, you know, put the uh, affiliations aside and let's look at their rule of law. Let's look at Sharia law. And 52% of them support Sharia law. And 27% in the United States support Sharia law. Which, uh, but you know, there's kind of like messed up systems like that in in a lot of different religions. I mean, I can think of, and, and 
don't I'm a, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but you know, there's there's, <laughs> there's kind of like you you have you have stuff like that in in like real ultra orthodox Judaism too. Absolutely, I, and and I mean, it, but it's like well, of course you have a you have a significantly lower percentage of the population of the world that are Jewish as compared to that are Muslim. But the, 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 those, those same things kind of exist. You know, it's funny when you look at, um, uh, what the Amish. Yeah. Everybody looks at the Amish as different and weird because they make their own clothes and they farm their own land. And, but how many times have you seen the Amish come out in a riot? How many times have you seen Amish jumping people or stealing somebody's purse? Never. They've probably been attacked more than, you know. Uh, yeah, unjustly. Yeah. And and that and that's what our society has become is that they're not mainstream, so they're not cool. And they seem uh, pretty content with life. You know, I know Amish people. And I'm going to tell you something. They, they're just regular people to me. It's the way they live is differently, a way that I would have a hard time adjusting to. I don't even know how to sell, let alone, you know, farm. But they, they they mind their own business. And but yeah, you're right. They get attacked all the time. They they get ridiculed all the time because they don't drive vehicles. But you know, why can't people practice biblically like they do and keep it like that? But everybody has to be and you're right, because even in our country we have a radical Christian or those ones always trying to breathe down your throat and try to convert you and get your money and and I'm not about the Institute. And you got the, the Vatican, the richest bank in the damn world, and they keep telling people to help feed the hunger, but yet they never do it. Um, so you know what? Me and Scotty have talked a lot about this, about religion. And I honestly believe, and folks, please understand, I, I'm, I am a man of faith. I'm not a man of the Institute. And I yeah. go back all the way back to Moses. And religion has been a way to control the masses since the dawn of man. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that Moses was a genius at it. And then you had the born of Christianity. And then you have uh, the prophet Muhammad. He goes into a cave and has a seizure. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks he talks to God and he writes his own law. And now people live by it. Uh, It's a way to. And Scott even told me before the prophet Muhammad, there were over 300 different gods worshipped in the Middle East. Over 300. They're still separate. Separation of church and state. Well, you know, and and those are just things to think about. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, yeah, okay, if you go to church on Sunday and then you do the Our Father and that makes you feel good, I believe it's the intent of your actions anyways. But, um, you know, there, there's some skeptical things about the church and it being as a business. I mean, why couldn't a church just say, let's meet in a park? <laughs> yeah, definitely you get that kind of aspect too, for so sure. So I am frustrated, and, and and I'm seeing a lot more people bickering with one another. Uh, I see atheists coming out now, and, and it's like yeah. it's it's like atheists are the worst because they always seem to want to tell everybody they don't believe in God. Uh, <laughs> but it, again, guys, here we are again. This whole – everybody's against one and everybody for, for one reason or the other, whether it's your political view, whether it's your religious view, everybody – that you can't even have a dialect anymore. You can't even have debate. You can't even have conversations without people starting to name call and be assholes because you don't agree with their view. And it's like, why well, can't? I mean, I, there's things you guys agree with that I wouldn't, and vice versa. Right. But and, we can't have a civilized conversation anymore. And we, and we agree to talk about it. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that I noticed in uh, this last summer, summer 2015. And just you had all these different shootings. You had the one that occurred in my hometown, Chattanooga, 
Yeah. Uh, the one that happened in Lafayette, Louisiana, not so, not too soon after that. And it seemed like we had, and then you had San Bernardino, mm-hmm. but it seems like we have had a string of these type of shootings and they're usually uh, pulled off by some kind of, if they're, and I want to pick the caveat, if some of them are actually real, that right. they're, that they're pulled off by these kind of like fundamentalist people. And it doesn't matter what that belief system is. It could be Islam. It could be Christianity. It could be radical atheism, but these people are still are, are pulling these off. And it seems like it's, it's just to me personally, it seems like it's just fundamentalism of any sort is really kind of the problem. Right. Well, I, that, agree. I think that fundamentalism or fundamentalism on, in any branch of any religion kind of signifies a group of people that aren't thinking anything through for themselves. They're not yeah. coming up this, with decisions. They're not weighing everything and figuring out who or what they are. It's like literal, sure. literal. You know, let me ask you guys something. Have you guys looked at the statistics? I, Cause I don't know them off the top of my head, but I do know that ever since Obama became the uh, president, the amount of mass shootings on how they skyrocketed. Um, I would say that even without looking at the uh, statistics, that that is that that is exact and that's true. They went through the charts. I and, mean, and I question now why? Yeah, that really is the question. And of course, I, I think that there are people in the Democratic camp that would say, "Well, we elected a black president and the country went crazy." But you know what? I don't believe that. And I, I, I think some of it, Rocky, has just been because. Well, if you look at something like Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. and you know we were talking about a certain someone that died the Holocaust in our show earlier, uh, <laughs> off air, but I think he had a lot of good points about what happened or what didn't happen at Sandy Hook, and I'm real suspicious about it. I think that either something didn't happen there, and they just said that it did, or it actually happened, but it wasn't this Adam Lanza kid that did this. Well, and, you know, and there's a few other shootings that that are like that 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 I'm just suspicious about. So I think that people have become. I think that what has happened is you have these false flag events mixed with these copycat the copycat effect, and what it is is like there's this this idea of the strategy of tension, and people right. are just tense, and 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 things and and more things like this are going to happen. It's like this vicious circle. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Hegelian dialectic? I, I am. I, okay. I believe so I just, Travis I just started, is. I just started recently indulging into uh, the essay and following up with some other things in regards to the dialectic. And the Let's whole- explain it for Luke because he does know it. But well, I, I think I, that he's he's shaking his head. Yeah, I have no clue what you guys just, are talking let, about. Let me, let me put it this way. I'll say it like this in the most simplest terms. Problem. Reaction, solution. And there's already a solution to the problem when the problem first starts. And when you start going back, you can go back beyond the French Revolutionary War, but you can even just start with the Rothschilds and the French Revolutionary War and start from there in your history. And when you start learning what people will do to create the problem, to initiate the reaction that they want so they can come and give the solution who ultimately benefits from the solution every time? The big money, the big banks. Right. And I would never believe this two years ago. I would look at people like you're nuts. Uh, but <laughs> I dove into it. And now I'm to the point that nothing can surprise me. 
when we see what our own government, our own CIA has done throughout the world to go in, it's almost the mafia style. They would go into a country that's broke, that needs something. They go in and rescue the country in such an interest rate, the country can't pay it back. So now we own you and we own your resources. We own your fossil fuels now. Uh, if you don't like it, we will have you assassinated. Right. It goes as simple as that. It's the idea that you have this small town mafia guy in New York City. Mm-hmm. He pays some punk to go in and with a baseball bat to go in and trash somebody's shop. And right. then he comes in like a day later and says, hey, you know, if you need protection, I can help you and I can prevent this from happening again. It really almost goes to just that simple tactic. That's ex- and, and just at a much greater scale. And that's I guess that's the best way to explain it. And once you start learning, I was just researching what we did in the Congo. I think it was in the 60s or the 50s. And and how the Congo tried turning itself into a, like a democracy style. And they came to ask the United States for help. And we refused the president of Congo. So he goes and he yeah. needed help. He needed resources. He needed things. So he went to Russia and Russia decided to help him. Well, guess what? He was assassinated. He was assassinated by our own CIA. Yeah. By our own CIA because we were upset that he went and got help from Russia. And now it, 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 it turned it back into a mad mob. And when you start learning the things that we are responsible for throughout this world out of greed, out of greed and money and power, you start talking about 9-11. You start talking about Sandy Hook and you start talking about all these mass shootings and you do question the, the legitimacy of it. And if it is real or not, because you can't put nothing past. Right. Once you, know, once you know what our government is capable of, you have to look around at everything else. You and have to look it. at everything. And it's unfortunate that we even have to say that. It, and it breaks my heart because all the men and women that died for this country didn't die for that. They died for the freedom and they died for the Constitution. They didn't die for corrupt pieces of crap. And uh, that's the heart, the, the part that breaks my heart the most. And all these false wars in Vietnam and, and the Iraqi war. And I buried a whole bunch of friends from the Iraqi and Afghanistan war. People that believed in what they died for, you know, to find out all the greed that's behind that war, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It also sucks that you had to sit there and be a human shield against the God hates fags people. Well, perfect example were what we were just talking about. Uh, yeah, the the um, the uh, Westboro Baptist Church, and, and they, yeah. they're still around. And But here's the thing is, is, here's the beauty of America, is they actually got permits and legally protested as much as we were disgusted with it. They still did it legally. And, and as much as I wanted to get a hammer and, 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 and recarve their freaking brains, um, they still did things at legal means and we handled them. We handled them just fine. And we took care of the families, but um, it's just, and then you start talking about these race rights that are, I believe manifested. I mean, you have somebody like uh, what's that guy, what's his name? The freaking cockroach guy, uh, Al Sharpton. I mean, he was a guest. <laughs> he was a signed guest in the White House over 100 times in one year. Um, this whole race thing is just out of control. And, yeah. and you know, these people, they're attacking the Patriots in Oregon for a peaceful protest in the middle of freaking nowhere, nowhere. But our media justifies Ferguson and Baltimore. And they say that that was a legitimate protest, even though they're lighting their neighborhoods on fire, lighting their businesses on fire, stealing uh, robbing banks and robbing stores and that was justified, I guess. But Double. you have guys just because they're carrying guns and they're patriots. They're, double they're, standard. Yeah, it is a double standard. And and the patriots were called terrorists. They were called hillbillies. They were called y'all Qaeda from our own media. Yeah. But it, the media worships these 
freaking thugs on the street lighting their own freaking neighborhoods on fire. And you know, you know, Rocky, the the racial discord in this country, I think, is higher than it has been since the 1960s. Yeah, I agree. With, without a doubt. And with- I really thought when Obama came into office, I thought, okay, you know, maybe I was naive at the time. That but, was the promise. But I was like, that's yeah, that's the promise. I really thought, okay, we're going to have a black president. We have moved beyond this whole race issue, you know, and but no. Uh, it it got worse and they worse it. And, and worse. Michelle Obama is just as much to blame with her little speeches at the universities. And, you know, here's the thing is that we're creating this belief, this false belief in people's brains, uh, they, they, this belief that they're victims of something they never experienced in this oppression. I mean, there's nothing a black man can't do that I can't do or can do and I can do. There's nothing that's stopping them from doing anything in this country except themselves. They victimize themselves. They say they've been oppressed. I got a good friend of mine here. He That's all he does. That's all he does is blame the world for being racist. And that's the reason he has all the problems he has in his life. And it's like some of the most successful people I know in my life are African-American because they chose not to play the victim card. But there's a lot of benefits of playing the victim card, too. It's called free food, free house, free vehicles, free everything. Yeah. I, you get my blood pressure up now because you know <laughs> I, I get so sick of the hypocrisy that we're living in today because it's just like, you're right, Adam, we manifested this again. And it is worse than the 60s. And somebody like Martin Luther King is rolling in his grave. You know, do not judge a man by the color of his skin, but the content of his character. And their character is horseshit these days. Yeah. And, and I mean, it started with the whole Trayvon Martin thing. We moved into the Ferguson stuff. Mm-hmm. We got the we got the Black Lives Matter stuff. And and I tell you, the Black Lives Matter people, they scare me as much as the Trump people do. Because it's two sides of the same spectrum. And and I really think that we're going to eventually... 2016 will be an interesting year because I think that we're going to have such a dichotomy, such a separation between left, right, whatever it is, that we may... We may move into a situation where people are literally going to be fighting on the streets. You're exactly right. You don't you don't need to hold back on that. We're we're heading towards revolution is what we're heading towards on many levels for many reasons. And in regards to the Black Lives Matter thing, I, I've talked with the whole Black Lives Matter people here in the cities and uh, they they get so upset because I, I don't like what they do. And I they, there's nothing they can say to me to sell it. Do me a favor. If you're going to represent and and politicians and city leaders are supporting this as well. But if you're going to represent somebody, don't represent. Okay, you know, what, a man died. How unfortunate. But, you know, you don't see riots right now because of this Patriot died in Oregon. So a man died. A man who was a criminal. He was a thug. He's dead. And that sucks. Go after him legally. You'll make millions of dollars. But, you know, when they'll get my respect is when they go out and protest the innocent people being killed in their own neighborhoods by their own thugs. Go and protest the illegal drug dealers in their neighborhoods and the black-on-black crimes. Go protest that. Go protest that little six-year-old that just got killed in a drive-by shooting two weeks ago here in St. Paul. Go press that. Go protest that, and you'll have my respect. But if you're going to continue to protest a thug who was breaking the law, who got his ass kicked by cops and then then starts screaming discrimination and and abuse, I'm not going to respect that kind of movement. And you know what they're doing that today? you got these kids doing it in school. They'll sit there and they'll antagonize police officers, antagonize them. And finally, when the cop grabs them and throws them down, they're screaming harassment and, 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 and whatever else they want to scream. And they're going for the money now. They're going for the lawsuit. It's like my uncle told me before he was murdered. 
He says, if you choose to live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So if you're willing to play the game, be willing to finish it. Yeah. It's becoming a point of just like where you're just going to have these street fighting groups that are going to fight each other out. But and one thing I want to say, though, about that is, you know, what what really pisses me off about the. uh, uh, Yeah, I'm pissed (laughs) about the Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. This is what this is what gets me. Okay, and I know that you support the cops, Rocky. I I, I totally respect that. I support the law fighting cops. But, you know, police brutality is not a black thing, even though it does happen. Right. In the black community, probably more than does in the white, but there have been plenty of white people, plenty of Hispanics, mm-hmm. plenty of other colors and creeds that have been killed by cops and the misuse of police brutality. It's not just a black issue. And the right. Ferguson thing just killed me because there was a chance to really possibly bring that to the table and say, this is a issue for all of us because the police forces in this country are slowly being militarized. That's not a good thing. And that we could have brought that to the table, but no, what did we get? The black white thing again, ho hum, the same issue over and over again. And why? Because the government just wants to keep us divided. Well, sooner or later, it's not going to be about black or white or Republican or Democrat or liberal or uh, it's not going to be about a tag. Sooner or later, it's going to be about being American. And uh, that's the part that worries me. And to support what you're just saying, I was having a conversation with Scott Bennett the other day. Me and him were talking off the air about a whole bunch of things. And um, we were talking about the police force and a lot of police officers that are coming from fighting overseas are getting jobs as police officers. And and a lot of them are still dealing with psychological issues, PTSD. That probably shouldn't be yet, at least at presently, in the police force because they have that trigger effect. And I had it. I had PTSD. You had that one little thing that's going to trigger you that's going to make you overreact because that is what your brain muscles are programmed to do. And uh, that was what we were talking about. And that's a concern. And you're talking about military state and that with the police force and uh, the way that they're reacting more and more aggressively. And, and it's unfortunate because all the good cops out there are, are getting crucified because of the percentage and maybe growing percentage of, of the over-aggressive police officers. Which is sad because we need them. We, yeah. Very you know, desperately. I, I, and we need to support them. Cold, there's so many people in this country right now that are just waiting for any reason to flip things upside down. You know, we talk about Ferguson and Baltimore, but these people are everywhere. And they are looking, they're anarchists, they're looking for any reason to get out on that street and the light car is on fire to burn buildings down. We have more of them than we even can comprehend in our minds of people that want to come out and just tear shit up. Uh, I always say to people, you know what? Take the law enforcement off the street for one weekend and watch how many body bags you're going to be taking out by Monday morning when you go back to that job. Yeah, it would be just like the movie The Purge, yeah. right? It would be exactly like The Purge. And uh, people yeah. have no idea on how much law enforcement keeps things in check in this country. Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, nowhere would I ever condone like saying that you need to get rid of the cops. No, I think no. that's ridiculous. I could, I could never do their job. There and just I, needs I, to be better of a, a better psychological evaluations. We, we need yeah. to kind of pick who we're bringing up in the academies and, and make sure that they're not dealing with PTSD if they are a veteran because we got to get veterans their jobs too. Um, I got a question for you guys. Sure. Is Luke sleeping? 
No, yeah, I'm still he's here. just I'm, taking it all in, man. God, I'm just I'm just drinking my beer and Facebooking a little bit. Well, he's writing his uh, he's writing his book right now that, uh, about the show. Well, I memoir. have been writing a book for like the past like five years, but it's it's probably never gonna like actually come to the surface. Does it include the story of you trying to live in a cave? It should. Yeah, I hope so. You really try living in a cave? Yeah, I, I wanted to. Cool. Well, I mean. You know, I was homeless at the time, and I was just like, I, I was just like, let's see how badass I could be. You know, like I, I want to live in a cave, like no one else lives. Or sorry, no one else. Fri- Wait, Mark time. No one, <laughs> no it. one else friggin' lives in a cave. So like, I want to try living in a cave. You know, hey, I gotta tell you, I've I've been homeless before too, but um, I I've never see you got one on me, brother. I never thought of the cave thing. That probably would have been a good idea, but I was always afraid of bats. I think for this show, I'm just going to put a picture of a cave for the... We'll Photoshop Luke with a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's just go to Kentucky to Cave City, and I'll just like, we could just take that picture anyway, and then we have a fun time in the caves. here's Here's another thing, too, Rocky, I wanted to ask you about. and This is the House Resolution 569. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not like definitely not a Donald Trump kind of person where I want to deport every Muslim out of this country. I I don't uh, I don't think that every Muslim in this country wants to uh, slit our throats. But at the same time, when I hear something about this kind of legislation, I get a little worried because I really think that this is. Really anti-free speech legislation. This kind well, you're of you're talking about uh, for the resolution five sixty nine. I don't have that in front of me. I tried. That's the uh, that's the uh, one that uh, they've yeah, tried to pass like, about uh, that. Do anything you say bad about Muslims, that oh, you will be yeah, I talked about that prosecuted about it. Yeah. Any hate speech towards Muslims, right? right. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be a crime. And and I, Scotty, didn't believe it. And we we're we are live on a show. And I started talking about house resolution. And the Scotty, he's really good. He hits his mic on mute, and he's really quick with the fingers, and he typed it up. And he starts reading it while we're live, and he he started stuttering because this was beyond Scotty's belief system politically. And he could not digest the fact that this was actually a legitimate thing that was put on the Senate floor. And recently, December 17th, I believe, was the day it was put on the Senate floor. And the thing is, is that Hates. Now, the U.N., the United Nations already has this as a worldwide law. We're trying to incorporate it in our country. And you are right. The First Amendment is, is completely under attack. Sixty percent of students from Yale University right now believe in restricting the First Amendment. Where do most students from Yale go work after they graduate? They'll get a job in the government. Politics. Yep. Um, so we are under major attack right now when it comes to that. And you're right. Why not just hate speech against any religious institute? You know, but no, of course, it has to be against Muslims. So, again, here's that civilized jihad. You know, here's that in, implantation of of getting them in our political system, getting them in our schools, getting them in our country uh, in, in a way to where people are either afraid to speak against it or they just accept it. Uh, it's It's disturbing that a representative of this country would even bring something like this to the floor. Well, and I'm always I'm always on the um, hunt for anything that upsets like the checks and balances. Well, that upsets because that's the, well, that's the that's the foundation that our government was built on is checks and balances because and, and humans error, but groups of humans hopefully can keep that in check. But well, brother, you know, just like you bring up like the omnibus bill, 
quadrupling the visa program, making every illegal Mexican in this country legal. That's, I, I think, at the tune of 7 million people. Uh, we're, we're funding sanctuary cities. I mean, this is this, this past. It's, it's like, why, why do we continue giving to people? Here's the thing. If, if we're not going to prosecute somebody for coming to this country illegally, then what fear do other people have to come into this country illegally? Oh, just go to America. They'll give you everything for free. They'll make you an American citizen. They'll give you housing. They'll give you food. They'll give you medical. I mean, where, where, you go to another country illegally, you're imprisoned. And how do these things happen? I, I, this is the part that bothers me is that how do we continue to promote illegal immigrants? And why do we continue to bring illegals in here? Our middle class is under attack. The I believe this. Pandering I votes. believe they want as many people to be government dependent because the more dependent you are on government, the less you will resist government and their actions. I think it's a way to control people. I really do. I agree with you. And I think my, my, my whole point is that with all the issues that people are throwing out there and what the media is focusing on, I think the main thing that needs to be focused on is the rebalancing of power in the checks and balances system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And you know, I think what the first thing should be done, term limits. Yeah. And term limits for Get those criminals Congress. out of Congress. Yeah. Get them out of Congress. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the more, and I believe this, and, and I just said this on the show last week, is I believe that when people first get into politics, they get into it with the right intentions. But then they get that nice little juicy side paycheck, a little little pork in their pocket. And they, they I mean, money does crazy things. It makes you do crazy things. And yeah, that means um, limiting their it, it no power. It no longer becomes about representing the people of this country. It no longer becomes about being a servant of the people. It becomes a servant to your pocket. And that's what it's become now. There's also all the stocks that they're invested in, too. Right. Well, I tell you, when they sell, you sell. That's how you buy and trade stocks. You watch them. When they sell, you sell. When they buy, you buy. Yeah. So, And, you know, to address the whole immigration thing, you know, it, it blows my mind to think of people that are here illegally. Mm -hmm. and, and I have a very kind of complex view of immigration being someone that married an immigrant. Right. But it uh, it blows. It, but just simply, it blows my mind that people that are here illegally can still access health care, can still have these benefits. And I'm sitting here just like trying my best and like, well, you know, like I, we, we said about Obamacare, it's going to be four hundred dollars a month with a ten thousand dollar deductible. It's like. What's going on here, people? And, and how much do how much do these illegal immigrants pay for their medical? Well, I it's mean, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. One dollar copay for the doctor and one dollar copay for any prescription. What they pay for? I mean, they pay sales tax, of course, but there's not much income tax being paid right. by a lot of them. I right. can tell you that. And so it, you're right. There's a lot to be concerned about, and and again, you know, and and I'm glad he brought that up because we're not going. I, I have plenty of friends that. That, you know, have come here and to make things right. They came here for the opportunity. They didn't come here to abuse the system. Yeah. Um, so we're not attacking anybody who's who's just from another country coming here to this country. We'd be hypocrites if we did. But it's the ones that are here to take advantage of it. You know, it bothers me that we allow criminals in this country that are here illegally. We reward them. We we we, we reward them. And it's like, how how is that possible? Uh, yeah. And these are all the things that you start adding all this stuff up, guys. And, and it's like I, it's like I don't have a tinfoil hat on. This is legitimate stuff. 
And you start adding it up, like the laws against speaking hate speech against Muslims, all the immigration policies, the sanctuary cities, the refugee crisis worldwide, I, the exodus, if you want to call it, the corruption in our governments, the Muslim Brotherhood, the civilized jihad. I mean, things are really freaking scary right now. They're, they're bringing yeah. in Democratic voters. Well, that's exactly what it is, because it's all the Democrats and the the one or two socialists that are supporting all this immigration stuff. Because if you allow, let's just say, 7 million here right now in this country are illegal, and the Democrats vote to make all these illegals legal, you just made 7, 000, or 7 million voters vote for a Democrat. <laughs> well, that's exactly what they do. They're stacking the deck. It's exactly what they're doing. Exactly. You know, it, it almost reminds me, because you get a little historical here, it almost reminds me of the kind of like the period in the Roman Republic. Absolutely. Right before the, the empire fall. came. And you had this kind of this kind of stuff going on it, where different horse. groups were thrown different, given different perks so that you would have the general that they would look up to. And that was the person that that gained ultimate power. I don't and know the, if we're quite there yet. But we're well, getting to that situation. Let's look at it like this. Well, there was once a time in Rome, right before Caesar became in power, is when everybody enjoyed the fruits of their labor. Everybody had a piece of the a piece of the cake. You know what I'm saying? And then when Caesar took power, is when the political things started changing. And I'm not saying Caesar was a bad uh, uh, Caesar, but um, uh, I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I'm thinking about things. But, <laughs> yeah. but you you do. You slowly start. If, if you're exactly right. If people just go study Rome and watch the trick on how the dollar used to have full value and then all of a sudden it wasn't all gold anymore. They started making their coins at like 10% gold and the rest iron and copper or whatever it may be. But then look how Rome fell. Rome fell by a bunch of savages. Savages. People that were just there, you know, whoever, wherever they came from, they're savages. They took Rome down by cutting off their water supply. I mean, we are that vulnerable in this country. Everybody thinks because we're the United States, we have the best military in the world. We are unbeatable. No, we are very much beatable. Uh, we are very much vulnerable as any other country in this world right now. What do you think is the greatest threat externally to us? Or do you think that there is, even is an external threat and we'll just kind of bring ourselves down eventually? I, I think we, did you, you just said it, we are our greatest threat. Our, us, the yeah. United States, the people in this country, the separation between people in this country is the greatest threat. We could, as a nation, like I said, sooner or later, we're going to have to put the political and religious labels down. We're going to put all these labels down. And all, again, someday become American because we won't have a choice. We can take on outside forces. We can take being attacked uh, because that's one thing that's great about America is that when it's time to step up, Americans seem to do that. But it worries me that we have been so broken and now so fragile from the inside that at the core of what this country is, is about as solid and dependable as our stock market right now. And that is my greatest threat. We can go to war with China and we'll come, we'll beat them. We'll go to war with Russia and we'll beat them. We will have casualties. We'll have some damage, but we won't lose because Americans have a different pride than any other country in the world. There's a certain pride about being American and a certain fight that when you ain't got nothing left is when you have the most fight. And that's what this country represents. And that's why I still love this country as much as I do is because of that. Uh, it's just unfortunate. So many people have drifted away from that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I think too, when you were talking about we create our enemies in a way, the Hegelian dialectic, mm-hmm. and we definitely give people a things to rally around, an enemy to rally around. Um, you know, that's happened many times in history, and ISIS is just the latest one. Right, and it's and again, it's it seems you're right. It seems to be such a focus point uh, compared to all the other things happening throughout the world. And I always tell people when there's a problem to the right. Always look to the left because that's where the big deals are happening, like the TPP deal. Oh, that's something I was going to bring up just a minute ago. We're talking about immigration and all these people coming in and sanctuary cities and illegals becoming legals. And now the TPP deal, more and more corporations are leaving the United States. More and more people are losing their jobs uh, with this new Trans-Pacific Partnership deal because there is no punishment anymore for leaving this country for labor. And I've already gotten reports of three or four different major manufacturers that employ thousands of people in this country that are packing up and going to Mexico. So sooner or later, this country is going to be a barren land for employment. And And I brought brought this up with a lot of people that I know that I feel like they're fairly um, knowledgeable about what's going on in the world. And a lot of them have never even heard of the TPP. Isn't that scary? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm not incredibly familiar with it myself you know well it it just opened up a lot of opportunities for companies to leave this country the pharmaceutical industries now generic companies that can match the same pill that's eighty dollars for a prescription these companies that can come up with a pill for five bucks they got to sit there and sit on a patent for eight years before it can go on go into the public it gave it gave way too much power to corporations absolutely it's the same corporations that are feeding the selection of who's going to be our next president you got it brother that's it. So there's this, this big, disgusting circle of crap everywhere. And it's just like, where do you go? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's everywhere you look, there's something snaky happening. And, and it's it's almost too much at once. It's almost too much at once. Luke, you've been silent a lot. Do, what do you think about some of the stuff we talked about? Uh, I mean, I, I agree. That's why I'm silent. I mean, I really uh, just... Politics I, in general is just frustrating. It uh, is frustrating. Absolutely yeah. just the most frustrating thing you can follow I think Lou's going to have some nightmares tonight. <laughs> no. I think everybody just needs to turn off, call Luke. me Caitlin, and just, uh, oh, you know. Don't even get me going about that crap. <laughs> I swear to God, this, you want to talk about what we become as a country? We sit here and we see this guy put on a freaking dress and we call him a hero. That's what we become. Yeah, Our right. focus is a guy who wears a dress. And people get mad at me because I call him Bruce because that's his name. He still has a penis. His name is Bruce. It's a freaking dress. And we yeah. worship these people. Explain uh, to the world why Kim Kardashian is the most famous woman in the world. Explain uh, to the world that. She's done nothing. Baffling. This, this is our life. This is what we focus on. But yet there's been people who've been transsexual for for years ago. Years ago, they had sex changes. They've been wearing dresses. But all of a sudden, Bruce comes forward and puts on a dress, and everybody starts crying and crap and, and calling him a hero. It, it's... It, Jesus Christ, why'd you even have to bring that up? (laughs) (laughs) Just to get you going, sir. Well, tell us uh, what you going to say, Luke. I'm just going to go ahead and say that Luke doesn't have nightmares because Luke doesn't really put too much effort into thinking about politics or anything else. I just kind of go along with my daily routine and just live my own little life in my 
every day. <laughs> you know? It's all skateboarding. Yeah, my little you know, whatever world. else you do. Skate, skateboarding, find going to work, drinking beer, hanging out with friends. I just go write my book. <laughs> I, I, I we mean, got I, your six, man. We got your six, brother. I honestly just really don't care that much. And, it, and it's working out well for me, too. <laughs> That's why he's the greatest co-host man. in the world. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to digest. And sometimes I even, when I'm sitting outside with my wife, I just sometimes I look at her and I'm just like, sometimes it's almost too much to handle because my, like I said earlier, everything comes down with anxiety to me. The, everything that comes down to me with my worries is my children. And uh, that's why I get so worked up. And that's why I get so upset. And uh, because I, I look at them and, and like many parents do and, you know, what are they going to experience in this world? Are they even going to have work? You know, we talk about college and there's not even going to be work here anymore. And, and what are they yeah. going to do to survive? And what kind of world did we bring our children into? And, and it, it breaks my heart, man. It really does. Yeah, it's scary, man. It's scary. You, you want to shield them from that. You don't want them to I don't shield my kids from nothing. I don't you know, either. I, this, I actually this political disagree with field is, is frustrating. I disagree with, with bending the truth. Well, my kids know the reality and I think it's important because I'm not going to raise my kids to be sensitive and to avoid the, subjects because the they're fears of this hurt. world are, kids uh, are gonna, nuclear gonna destruction, to be, strong, to be fighters, um, to be able to accept the truth and figure out a way to deal with the truth. I agree with you. And I also, well, you, you touched that touched base on that at the end, but like preparing them and keep, helping them keep everything in context, right. I think is that, crucial. And that's the problem today is that, you know, all of our children these days are micromanaged and they're fed specific, just like the adults that are brainwashed. Our kids, we're, we're not letting them grow. We're not letting them be right. kids. We're not letting them play king of the hill on the playground. We're not letting them do the things we did as kids, which actually helped develop us. Yeah. Uh, and they're becoming just so sensitive and, and, and emotional. I'm emotional, but they're emotional. But, you know, it's, it's, it's scary stuff, man. And I urge any parent out there. Speak the truth always, no matter how bad it hurts. Bad news before bullshit all the time. That's why when we get into college, they want to go to their safe place. <laughs> safe place. I got a safe place. It's called a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rocky, real quick, man. Yes. Uh, we're actually going to close the show out with you yep. as well. But uh, before we go, uh, let's tell everybody where they can hear the show and uh, who you got, on, the type of guests you got on there. And, uh, What's well, going right on now, with you next? You know, right now, you know, we've had a couple guests. I got a lady coming on this week about Common Core. She's been researching it for years. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Common Core. We talk current events. We talk politics. I got uh, my good brother, Scotty Roberts, uh, very well educated when it comes to the political system. And uh, we talk about anything that needs to be talked about. We have no set platform. We It is what it is, like a conversation at a table. Uh, we are Monday through Friday from 4 o'clock until 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Just go to talknetwork.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Rocky, for coming on. And guys, we're just going to close out the show because I think that there is literally nothing else that we could really talk about. So can I do the paranormal? Can I do the conspiracy normal thing with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we want you to do. <laughs> yeah. All Let's right. Do it. So I want to thank uh, <laughs> Travis for sitting in with us, <laughs> as well as Mr. Producer Rob and yeah, yeah. Uh, the greatest co-host in the world, as I said before, Mr. Yeah. Nuki. Skyrider. Hopefully there'll be an award ceremony for yeah, this. There will be. <laughs> and uh, guys, next uh, next time, and actually, and Rocky, thank you for being on the show. 
next time we are going to be back here in about a week. Uh, it's going to be a special kind of like Monday night recording. We're going to have Walter Bosley on and we're going to talk about the 19th century origin of the breakaway civilization. So that should be pretty interesting. Probably switching a little bit of gears from tonight. But uh, I want to thank everybody for coming on and talk about the things that really matter. And we'll see you next time on Conspiranormal! And that felt really cool, man. <laughs>
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.